You're listening to locally produced programming created in KUNV Studios on public radio, KUNV 91.5. You're listening to special programming brought to you by itswhereiam.com. The content of this program does not reflect the views or opinions of 91.5 Jazz and More, University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. Good morning, Las Vegas. It's Zandra Pollard. It's where I am. Today, we're talking about sex. And we have a sex therapist on the show. So I want to welcome Madison. And your last name is, help me out. Gully. Gully. Madison Gully is a licensed professional who deals with relationships and her specialty is sex. So, how did you get into sex? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for having me here. Of course. I'm very excited. Uh, you know, sex has always been something that comes really comfortable to me and talking about it. Uh, so, it was, I, I worked in the medical field prior. So, making the transition to therapy, talk therapy, really became, um, it was a natural transition in terms of health care, right, and healing. Um, but then, in regards to my specialty, become a cl- becoming a clinical sexologist, it really just seemed like a great fit for me, talking with people about sex, the really the most intimate part of an individual's or couple's lives. Mm-hmm. And I just found that, um, you know, I'm really great at having a connection and building a connection with people. And then to be able to ask such intimate questions right from the get go is important. So how do you start those conversations? Like, how does it go? Like, how's your sex life? Like, how does it start? (laughs) Yeah, pretty much just like that. Really? Yes, except I'm, you know, usually I'll ask, well, I get a little bit of information about why they're calling to inquire about my services. And then once we kind of make that initial phone call and we set an appointment for a consultation, Really, I give people two choices, you know, a standard kind of initial assessment is for therapists to ask a ton of questions. It's called a biopsychosocial. And that also for me includes a sexual health assessment, like a sexual wellness assessment as well. Oh, I wonder what that's like. Okay. Okay. (laughs) But sometimes going through all those questions can be daunting for people. So I really give them a choice and I ask them if they're comfortable just telling me why they're here and we'll have a conversation. Okay. And then we get to it. It's probably within five or 10 minutes that they'll tell me why they're there. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, I had a couple of um, relationship experts on um, the past few weeks. I had um, Dr. Uh, Mullen on And then I had the number one relationship coach, C. Reggie Rogers on, and they gave some great information. And it was kind of like when I talked to my girlfriends, right? It's so easy to talk to your girlfriends about sex. But when it's time to talk to your partner that you're having sex with, then we want to clam up and we don't want to discuss things, right? Correct. Absolutely. That absolutely. Yeah. So 
Anyhow, having them on the show helped me deal with some things in my relationship. But I talked to a really close friend of mine and she she told me years ago, she says, Andra, I really think, you know, you and your man need to see a sex therapist. And I said, really? And as years have passed by, it's like, you know, I think she's right. You know, it seems like a lot of our issues boil down to our intimacy. So for me, sometimes it's just like, you know, it's sex, it's sex, it's sex. And for him, sometimes it's now that we're older. Mm-hmm. Um, for him, it seems like it's more conversation or hand holding or something or just watching a show together. You know, those kind of little intimate things. Yeah. So what do you say to people who are middle aged mm-hmm. and sex is changing, mm-hmm. whether it's for the female or the male, you know, the libido shifts. Right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, that's cr- quite common. And what I find is people struggle with that change because it either happens gradually and they don't notice it until it's been going on for a few years mm-hmm. or it's rapid. It's quite quick and okay. they don't really feel like themselves. And when you're in a couplehood, that disrupts the couplehood and people don't know how to talk about that. Sex is a hot topic and sometimes it's, well, along with it being a hot topic, it's also a delicate topic. Yes. So then, you know, Nobody wants to hurt their partner. Nobody wants to offend their partner. And they're not quite sure how to say what they want to say. So they dance around it. Right. And that leads couples down a rocky road. Mm-hmm. And they don't really, they might spend a few years on that rocky road and they don't have to. Couples and, and that's just a don't lot of to. sex you're missing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also, too, what I found is as we get older, that we really fall more into ourselves, whether it's our skin, our relationships are more comfortable. Maybe kids are getting a little bit older okay. um, and, and our, we're more secure in our jobs. It's not like when you're in your late 20s, 30s, where it's really the hustle of either your career or starting a family. That's typically when people do those things. And so when you get into your late 30s, early 40s, you know, you're, like I said, like me. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm in my late I'm in my late 40s. Mm-hmm. And so um, things do change. And and, you know, sometimes people don't know how to reconnect. And like I said, they dance around the topic and they don't really get there and they're afraid to hurt each other's feelings. And because then they think they won't get laid. It, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so how do we start the conversation? What do I say? To my partner when, you know, I'm kind of ready and he's not. Because we do have like... Uh, like ready for the act or ready for the conversation? Both. Okay. Let's start with the conversation. Let's start with the conversation. Because I think for us, it's a power struggle. You know what I mean? Like either I want to be super dominant or mostly he does. Gotcha. In, okay. in the conversation. Well, that's a sexually putting okay. that out there. But then now, how do we have the conversation about doing something different or, you know, 
one being more dominant the next time than the other yeah something like that you know it's funny when you said that i almost like my therapist brain switched it came on and i was almost gonna say can you tell me more about that <laughs> i would tell you but and then you i know. had to catch myself and go rewind wait a minute <laughs> so yeah i you know when it comes to the conversation Rather than couples just or one person saying, hey, let's talk, because that brings up the red flag. Okay. Almost, you know, the the we need to talk conversation. Couples say that. And when that happens, I what what I know that happens with people is their nervous systems get activated mm -hmm. and they're like, oh, this is a bad thing. Or what, what are we talking about? What did I do now? Or something to that effect. And then that usually doesn't go well in the conversation. So just like in the bedroom, I think couples getting ready to have even a conversation need to set the stage. Okay. Meaning, make sure everyone's, if, the kid, if you have kids, make sure the kids are asleep. Set some time aside in the evening, not when you're both exhausted. So don't have this conversation at 10 or 11 o'clock at night, unless that's your morning time. Okay. But don't, don't do it at night. And make it when you guys have, when people have privacy and they have, you know, the space to be able to have that conversation. And you know, what's best is for somebody to rather than ask their partner, how do you think it's going? How do you think our sex <laughs> life is going? Right. That's a loaded question. <laughs> it's better for somebody to say, I, this okay. is how I'm feeling about our sex life. Uh, this is the things I want to explore. Um, I'm noticing my libido or my sex drive or that's the best way to start that conversation. Okay. So you shouldn't say. I think we need to see a sex therapist. <laughs> well, that can come but Nate, later. That might right, come later. But don't start Absolutely. out that way. <laughs> no, you don't okay. have to start out that way. Okay. Um, there's definitely reasons to go see a professional. Absolutely. But not usually that doesn't need to be the start of the conversation. So one of the questions, a lot of you guys out there, you know, I did put on my Facebook page that I was having. Madison here today are specialist in sex and a lot of you were afraid to put your questions uh in the comments which i understand because you know you may be afraid i'd say your name or something <laughs> right i wouldn't do that but i may say where you're from <laughs> uh, so anyway um don't be afraid you still have time to dm me because madison will be back um so a lot of people were shy. Yeah, I um, found I, that to be the case when I ask public questions mm -hmm. or in a public forum. Again, because it's not anonymous. So I've, I found that. So it, it takes people some time to get used to asking those questions or feeling comfortable disclosing in some way. Right. Yeah. And, and I understand that. But I did call my uh, freaky friends and they had no problem, uh, you know. Sure. They had some questions for you. Excellent. Okay. So one of the questions was when you are going through menopause, how long does it take to get your libido back or when can you expect your libido to come back? Well, and that's a really common question. And that's, okay. that is a great question, actually, because women really struggle with this a lot going through either, um, 
perimenopause or menopause. And to be honest with you, men struggle with it as well as they're going through andropause is how it, there might be an updated term for that, but oh, for okay. men, but it's a basically when men and women go through a lack of hormones. Mm-hmm. And so there's a change in their endocrine system. And and as a result of that, your sex drive kind of sometimes takes a nap. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's really hard to get that back. You know, and what I think is people should actually go see a physician and get their levels tested. Yes. So when people do come into my office, I, I, I'm always thinking about a tree, this may, tree. It's a diagram, right? It's in the protocol. So I think about what I need somebody to do in terms of their physical health and then what I need to do in terms of their sexual health, mental health. Okay. And it's always easier to have the physical health things done, which are tests. Go see your physician. Go see either your OBGYN, a functional medicine doctor that spe- specializes in hormonal health, endocrine health. Mm-hmm. And then as well as for men, a urologist. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then have those things done. And if there's a lack of hormones taking place, then those can be replenished with a physician's mm-hmm. help. And two people, you know, the doctor and the patient working together with that. And that will help. But also, too, when women are going through perimenopause or menopause and their libido's lacking, just like with your sex life or all areas, you know, I try to think of it as a wheel, a wheel of health. Mm-hmm. And it's lifestyle choices. It's what you're putting in your mouth, whether it's food or or drinking, eating or drinking, right? What and it, and it doesn't have to be alcohol. It could just be soda pop or whatever. So those things. Are you getting enough sleep? Sleep is a real indication of your health and how you're resting at night so that how you feel the next day. Stress management is another part of that wheel of health. Okay. And then... Um, Exercise. Yeah, I was going to say physical activity. Mm-hmm. But then also part of that is some self-care. So do you take any time for yourself? Do people take any time for themselves? Are they just going and going and giving to their jobs, giving to their family, and not really taking any time for themselves? Because if they're not, mm-hmm. then there's not much left to at the end of the night to give to somebody else. Right, okay. Yeah, and if your cup's empty, then you can't share it with anyone because right. it's empty you haven't even replenished it yourself mm-hmm. yeah um so what do you do if you are peri or post or menopausal <laughs> what do you do when can you expect it to come back say you went to the doctor and you've done all those things right yeah now you realize that it's you or it's them it's the relationship How do you get that spark back? Well, it starts with a conversation. Okay. And that's not the most sexy thing. I get it. But it does start with a conversation. Okay. Can we role play? Maybe. Yes. (laughs) Honey, uh, I want to talk to you about how I've been feeling lately. Okay. And I feel like we haven't had enough intimacy lately. And when I say intimacy, I don't mean just, you know holding hands and watching TV. I would like a little bit more uh, physical interaction with you. Is that right? Yeah, that's perfect. Excellent. Good job. And what do you say? 
I let's go. No. <laughs> <laughs> In a perfect world. Yeah. And actually I love that you clarified that it's not just hand holding cuz okay. saying intimacy it, it's appropriate. But that could be well we we went to the movies last week and we or we cuddled and on the couch and when we went to dinner we were holding hands so those are very those are intimate activities mm -hmm. but that's not what you're asking about so right. it's great to clarify i want to go from first to second to third to home base yes. yeah okay. and you know sometimes it can be that you just make a date i really do think people need to put it on their calendar and I I get a lot of feedback and I actually pushback is the word okay pushback okay <laughs> because everyone says that's not sexy it's not spontaneous but it gets you away from the norm it gets you away from the kids it gets you away from your in-laws or your mom or whoever may be at home Correct. I don't know and it's just the two of you Correct. And it doesn't mean it has to be a sex date, but it's a time that you set aside to be with your partner mm -hmm. and it might just be reconnecting. But maybe the next week you, you do have sex. Right. Or people watching. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And in terms of what activities being more adventurous. So talk about that. Is there anything you want to try? What have we done in the past that you, we both really enjoyed? And what are some things we might want to try in the future that is new for us? Mm -hmm. So tell me, we talked on the phone before you came onto the show and there was a question asked by my husband. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just going to put it out there. His question was, I said, honey, I have a sex therapist coming onto the show. Do you have a question? And he says, yeah, ask how to make it better. What? I was insulted. What are you trying to say? But when I told you that, you told me what? I don't remember exactly what I okay, said. Okay, you but... told me <laughs> that there's a difference between maintenance sex. Yes. And? Well, and and other sex or and, uh, okay. and adventurous sex adventurous or play for sex. sex. Okay. So in in relationships and you know, once the initial part of the lustfulness or the, the that beginning part of relationship, once that wears off, couples do fall in a long, longer term lasting love, which is ideal. That's what you want. But in the transition of that, it, there there should be maintenance sex. And maintenance sex is great for relationships. It's it doesn't have to be perfect. It might be a quickie. It might be in the laundry room. It might be when the kids are at a play date, whatever. That's what that is. But the other times, couples should make it more intentional. Sex should be more intentional. The time that they spend together and the time that they're devoted to each other. And whatever that the couple enjoys, they should be doing that. And that might be going on a date. It might be having a night at home. Getting a massage. Yes. So, absolutely. So, <laughs> the great thing, too, is massages are a great way to get to know each other again without your clothes on. And it doesn't necessarily have to be sexual, but it's quite intimate. Yes. And it's where couples can start to explore each other. And or again, fall asleep. Yeah, that can, <laughs> that can happen. I usually fall asleep. <laughs> and the other tip I will say too, when it comes to date night, is plan the sex at the beginning. Oh, okay. So get ready. I think you should get ready for the, like you're going out. Okay. But 
instead of going out at three o'clock in the afternoon, <laughs> you plan your sex date. And then after that, you get ready again and if you need to freshen up, <laughs> and then you go on your date. Okay. Because I like that. most of us have sex afterwards and we're exhausted. Right. Listen, nobody wants to have sex after drinking wine, having spaghetti. Having a steak, <clears throat> like no, <laughs> one, <laughs> no one wants to go I home do. and get freaky. I do. <laughs> After having a big meal, right? It's just okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's wonderful if you have that energy. <laughs> okay. Well, sex before, sex after. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Yeah. So. Let me think. There was another question, and all my questions, for some reason, are not in front of me. Um, but the one was uh, about the menopausal. The other was how to make it better. And then, oh, and I just brought it up in conversation. The other question that I received was how to, uh, we started out um, the show with this, was um, how to get the other person to engage. Yes. Okay, so... How do you get your spouse to like initiate? I just want to, that's what you're talking about, right? Initiating. Right. Okay. Right. Because this person that I was speaking to, they were saying that their spouse used to initiate and now they don't anymore. And I think they're, it sounded to me like they wanted that same pattern. Mm -hmm. But I guess things have changed, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, that's also, I want people to be open to that, that how it was at one point in the relationship may not be how it is now. Right. Because we are, ch we change and we, we change, everything changes, except as adults, we don't really see our partners changing so much. We kind of put them at a placeholder when we first met them mm -hmm. and we kind of always are looking back at that and that's like the marker but it shouldn't be because but you can have the conversation yes absolutely baby you remember when you used to and i want to tell you i really liked when you used yeah. to can we try that again yeah absolutely okay that was brilliant <laughs> i'm getting an a in sex <laughs> yeah. yeah well and it can also bring in would you do we want to do some of that that's familiar so then yeah that can be but i would also ask it is was that did that not work what about that didn't work and why did it stop okay so then maybe there needs to be some exchange of power a different power dynamic see you lucky we're on uh public radio however if you'd like to stay tuned you're always welcome to go to my youtube channel and we can have a deeper conversation about sex okay it's where i am.com and we will continue the conversation about sex and then we can say some words that we can't say on air okay all right all right so now i digress back to the education and helpfulness of sex mental health and relationships okay so what is something that you want to give to our listeners what's a nugget that we can all use that has not been said already? I want to say it, but maybe I can't say it on the air. So let me. Well, what is it first? Well, solo pleasure. 
Oh, okay. I think every I think everyone should be doing. We got a yes. We can say it. Solo pleasure is good. Solo pleasure. Okay, it's a solo practice, really, and and a lot of people don't engage in that. Or maybe life has gotten really busy. And that can happen with just, again, different transitions in, in adulthood. So people will forget, oh, they their own pleasure and well-being. And if they're not engaging with sex with their partner, then they don't even engage with the sex with themselves. So again, solo pleasuring. Oh, wow. So uh, especially for men and women, if you don't use your equipment, you will lose it. Like there's some atrophy <laughs> that starts to take Wait, place. Wait, the equipment in the drawer or the equipment that's attached to <laughs> On your to body. Us. Okay. Yeah. So men's erections will actually decrease over time if they're not using them regularly. Oh. Are you saying yes, you too, Wes? Or you're saying five minutes? Oh, five minutes? Okay. That. And then also if women aren't lubricated, because women self-lubricate. That's what we do. So, right. And when we're turned on, there's more lubrication. Right. So if a woman is not engaging in sex in her personal life, <gasps> then she having... She dries out? Well, no. Not oh. necessarily. I mean, that could happen. Absolutely. Oh and then, of course, with hormonal changes, women become a lot drier or very dry. And okay. that's a problem. So okay. engaging in solo pleasuring can really keep hor- those juices active okay and that's really healthy for a woman's sexual health just like it is for a man's sexual health there i have a little bit of a disclaimer don't use porn okay there's a time and place for porn but during this it's that's not the time and place okay and also too just because a man loses like he might lose some of his erection rectile tissue it doesn't mean that women need to be giving it up all the time or needs to be going and solo pleasuring five times a day. Like, that's not what I'm, don't read into my, I don't want okay. any of your audience to read into my words. Like, I'm talking about a healthy engagement with your sexual self. Okay. Yeah. So. So why do you say no porn? So there's a lot of reasons, but but porn really is like cocaine for the brain. And when an individual watches porn and watches too much of it, Mm -hmm. they're seeing and searching for exactly what they want. And they're getting that every time. And no one in real life is that. Whether it's that that lighting looks that good, sex is always perfect, bodies are perfect, everything like it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) And so if people watch that, whether it's men or women, because a lot more women are watching porn these days. But again, not that's not the average. That's not the average. And so when we find porn that visually we like and it's really stimulating, it's arousing, but it's also mentally stimulating as well. Mm-hmm. And normal sex is just not that every time. It might be might be like that one in 10 times, one in five times, if you're right. lucky, which is brilliant. But that doesn't mean it's every time. So people's ex- expectation of what they're seeing and what they're having is very different. So that's going to affect affect your, your sex life with your partner. It will. Absolutely. Yeah, it okay. absolutely will. Because it's either an individual may not be turned on like they are when they're watching something. Right. Like instantly. Yeah. Okay. And our bodies just our bodies are like tr- preheating an oven. So our turn on and arousal is literally like preheating the oven. And that's why foreplay is so important. That's why yes. sensuality and eroticism and playfulness and all of those things are really, really important to preheat that oven so that when you get to the bedroom, mm-hmm. it's a continuation of that. You can just turn the heat up more. Okay. Well, 
You heard it here. It's where I am. I'm Zandra Pollard. I'm here every Saturday at 7.30 a.m. Um, also, you can catch me on all your podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google, whatever it is. I am there. It's where I am with Zandra. So we'll see you next week and have a great day.